If you would open with me in the scriptures to John, the 14th chapter this evening. John chapter 14 and down about verse uh, 16 here. Well, for time's sake, let's go to 16. Did I say 16? Good. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. He was, Jesus himself was their paraclete, their comforter up until now. He just told them he's leaving. They're very upset. And he says, no, I'm not going to leave you without a comforter, a helper. Uh, The Father's going to send you another comforter and another means one like me. And he said, this comforter is going to abide with you forever. He's not going to leave you. Not next year, not three years, not a hundred years. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Unbelievers do not have the helper. They're doing things on their own. On their own power. On their own intellect. He said... The world sees him not, neither knows him. As far as unbelievers are concerned, there is no Holy Spirit. There's no such thing. When you don't believe in God, it seems to confirm your doubt. Because he doesn't manifest himself to those who reject him and don't believe in him. He, Jesus said, if you keep my words, that's the one that loves me. And I'll come to him and I'll manifest myself to him. Amen. What if you don't believe in him and you don't do what he says? Well, then you won't experience manifestations of God. And it'll seem like that your atheism or uh, being an agnostic or whatever is confirmed. Because to you, it'll seem like there is no God. And you'll find out eventually. (laughs) It could be too late. How many understand that after folks die? There are no atheists. Immediately upon death. There are none. Or agnostics. Smart people believe now. Do I have any smart folks in the house? Smart people believe now. He said he dwells with you and shall be in you. So we have a divine helper that unbelievers know nothing about. And do not have access to. This is only available to the believer. Keep reading. Uh, Actually, uh, let's see, skip on down to verse uh, 26. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Ghost is an old English word for spirit. The comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Said out loud, he teaches me. All things. What else does he do? He brings all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Glory to God. Say it out loud. He brings everything he's ever shown me, he's ever told me to my remembrance. Did you know you have the mind of Christ? Then don't let any words about being old and forgetful come out of your mouth. Ever. It's dangerous talk. You start talking about, well, boy, I'm just getting forgetful. And I just, my mind's not sharp like it used to be. I don't know what's wrong. I guess I'm just getting old. Your body is going to age and your brain's going to age. But your mind is not supposed to age. Your mind is not your brain. Your mind is a part of your eternal being. It's not going to get old. And there is no limit to what your mind can learn, nor understand, nor remember. No limit. You'll have your mind with you fully intact when your body's in the grave. You'll have your mind ten millennia from now. And you do not have to get slow. You do not have to get dull. You do not have to be forgetful. You can be a hundred and nine. And your body might not move like when you were 25, but your mind can be sharp as a tag. And you can be smarter than you've ever been. And more aware of God than you've ever been. 
Do you believe it, saints? I had an aunt. Her name was Leo. And she's 101. And when people wanted to know about the genealogy of the family, they'd go to her. And she'd sit down and she'd say, now let me see. Well, so-and-so was so-and-so's second cousin and and such-and-such and such-and-such. And And I mean, she'd sit there and talk for 30 minutes and call their names and their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids and their birthdays and their anniversaries and their weddings and their funerals. 101. Sharp as a tack. And then look at you with a twinkle and go, was that all you wanted to know? <laughs> I know that hasn't been everybody's experience, but you're not in control of everybody. And you don't know what they believe and what they don't believe, but you can control what you believe. I want you to say this out loud with long life. He will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I will never lose my mind. I have the mind of Christ. Amen. If anything ever bugs you or ever bothers you or some kind of symptom or some kind of bad report, you don't have to say it in front of people necessarily, but sometimes, somewhere, you need to get up and say it loud, I will never lose my mind. Never. I am never going to lose my mind. I will be bright and sharp and fully aware all my days. People say, ooh, I I don't know if I'd say that. You know, everybody wants to be preacher, but you know, you just never know what's going to happen. Well, why did the psalmist talk like he talked? David. Anybody ever read the 91st Psalm? Why did he talk like he talked? No plague, he says, going to come nigh my dwelling. Didn't he say it? A thousand may fall over here. Ten thousand may fall over here, but it won't happen to me. Did he say it? Would it be okay for you to quote the 91st Psalm? Now, I know folks don't like you being that bold, but I'm quoting Bible. I think somebody ought to say it again. I'm going to say, yeah, but now, Brother Keith, you know, it runs in the family. And mama and them and her mama. And, and you know, man, they just went loony. And, (laughs) well, do you have more faith in genetics Or do you have more faith in God who created genes? And how many believe that even if you needed it, God could tweak you a little bit? How many believe God could just give you a little tweak, right? And stop that junk in your generation and not pass it on to your kids. Come on, are you listening to me? And your kids' kids. Somebody say it again. I will never lose my mind. I'll be fully aware and bright and sharp, excellent memory all the days of my life. Amen. Believe it. Don't let this be the last time you say it and enjoy it. Experience it. Uh, go with me down to the 16th chapter. He's talking about the comforter some more. Verse 13, 16, 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, friend, this covers a lot of ground. In any situation where you're, you don't know what to do, you're confused, you don't know what's right, you don't know what's wrong. When you know the truth, then now you know by contrast what's not the truth and what's not right. And when you know the truth about what you need to do, then you know what you don't need to do. Because of the light that you have. Did the Lord say the Holy Spirit would guide you into all the truth? That's what we should look to him. We should rely on him. When we're uh, not sure in our minds, we should check our spirit and trust him to let us know. He'll not speak of himself. Whatever he hears, that's what he'll speak. He will show you things to come. That's one of the way he leads you. There's been numerous times that I didn't have an open vision. I didn't fall into a trance. But just in a flash, I could see this is how it's going to work out. This is how we're going to go. It was a glimpse of something to come. And so you knew this is where to go. 
Because he's already shown us this is where you're going to wind up. We have help. Somebody say we have help. We're not just fumbling through the earth doing the best we can. Trying to figure it out and clueless. We have the helper on the inside of us 24-7. He knows everything about everything. And most importantly, he knows the plan of God for you. And he'll show it to us if we'll pay attention, if we'll look. He'll show you things to come. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 12, please. We talked about some of the things of the Holy Spirit. And we got into talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Manifestations of the Spirit. We just got through reading some of the ways he helps us. 1 Corinthians 12 expands on other of the ways he helps us. We call it the nine gifts of the Spirit. Could be a, at least as accurate a way of saying it is the nine manifestations of the Spirit. And let's read, let me read to you from Young's literal translation of 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit. Keep going. To one through the Spirit's been given a word of wisdom. I think it's important to say this right. You hear people saying, you know, I have the gift of wisdom. And they think they're referring to this. The Bible doesn't speak of any such gift. That's not what this manifestation is. It's a, not the King James what says what? The? Actually, this is more accurate. And it makes sense when you think about it. A word of wisdom. And to another, a word of knowledge. These are spiritual manifestations. According to the same spirit. Keep reading. To another, faith in the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings. Both of those are plural. Gifts of healings in the same spirit. Keep going. To another, inworkings of mighty deeds. To another, prophecy. To another, discernings of spirits. And to another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. Keep going. All these do work the one and the same spirit, dividing to each severally as he intends. All believers should receive and yield to the Spirit, should be filled with the Spirit, and refilled on an ongoing basis. The term Spirit-filled is used loosely nowadays. People say, in a Spirit-filled Christian, Spirit-filled church, Spirit-filled ministry, hear people say things like this, you know, did you hear? Man, the pastor ran off with the piano player in the building fund, and he's Spirit-filled. Not that day he wasn't. <laughs> and probably not a lot of days before then. <laughs> yeah, but I heard him talking in tongues the day, two days before. Like I said, just because you say a few words in tongues yesterday doesn't mean you're filled with the Spirit. Now, does that sound strange to some people? But we've already talked about some of this. Go back and get some of the previous teachings if you're curious. And, and don't take my word for it. Look it up in the Scriptures. The same people that got filled in Acts 2 got filled again a couple of chapters later in the book of Acts. There's one initial infilling, many subsequent refillings. In fact, Ephesians says, be ye being filled. Right? Speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In uh, this passage, we see these nine manifestations of the Spirit. We've already talked about, I guess, all of them except one, haven't we? Have you been with us? We talk, didn't we talk about tongues and interpretation and prophecy? Did we talk about word of knowledge and word of wisdom and discerning of spirits? Have we talked about workings of miracles? Have we talked about gifts of healings? Have we talked about faith? No. <laughs> I was just checking you out. <laughs> That's the last one that we haven't talked about. You want to talk about it? You want to look at it? He said to another, faith by the same spirit. Let me read some other translations of that. And uh, this is exciting to talk about this tonight. There are answers here if you have ears to hear it. There's been a lot of confusion. I don't claim to, you know I don't know everything. And I believe in God to learn more all the time. But there are some answers here. Uh, that'll help some folks that have stumbled and 
had some uncomfortable things happen and well, you'll see it as we go into it. But uh, instead of saying faith, put up the amplified of that if you would for us. What is that verse uh, 9? To another wonder working faith by the same Holy Spirit. Wonder working faith. Put up the living Bible. Says he gives special faith to another. I like this term because it distinguishes from what the Bible also calls common faith. The scripture refers to common faith, and here the Amplified, or excuse me, the Living, says special faith. Uh, Weymouth's translation, I don't know if we have that one to put up on the screen, but I can read it to you. Weymouth says, by means of the same spirit, special faith. Said out loud, special faith, by the Spirit. Every one of those words is significant. To By means of the same Spirit. So this special faith is by what means? By means of the Spirit. Over in Titus, the first chapter and the fourth verse. Put that up on the screen for us. Titus 1.4 is what I referred to just a moment ago. Titus 1.4. He said to my own son after the common faith. Common faith. 2 Timothy 1.1. If we can put that up. 2 Timothy 1.1. He said Simon Peter a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith. When you hear the term common faith. Don't let the word common imply not important. It common means common to all of us. It's precious, but we all share it. And it should be distinguished from what 1 Corinthians 12 is referring to as special. Everybody said out loud, common faith, special faith. And one of the big ways to distinguish them is how they come. How does common faith come? Romans 10, 17. Right? Put that on the screen for us, please. How does common faith come? The faith we all share. The faith all of us can have. All of us do have as believers. It comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Actually, the Other translations bring out that it's the word of the Christ, which means anointed. You don't get faith by just hearing anything, including just any preaching. There's actually some preaching, if you listen to it and receive it, it'll take faith out of you. (laughs) It'll rob you of your faith. But anointed teaching and preaching will feed your faith. That's one of the big reasons you come to church. You should come to church. Is to get fed. And not get fed hamburgers and hot dogs. And not get fed curious stuff for your mind. Or just emotional taffy for your soul. Solid. Milk of the word. And meat of the word. That will go right into you. And feed your spirit. And you can tell when it's feeding your spirit. Because it edifies you. It builds you up. It quickens you. It excites you. It makes you want to run out and do more for God. It makes you believe you can come out of anything, come over anything, receive anything, do anything. You can't have too much of it. This is one thing you cannot overdo. (laughs) And only the anointed word will give you this. But if you notice why I had you say that phrase previously, that special faith comes how? By the Spirit. Spirit. Not to say. Common faith comes how? By hearing the Word. How does special faith come? By the Spirit. Not to say. Not to say. If your understanding of a gift of the Spirit is correct, 
How will you know it? We've already talked about this. You will find examples of it in the book of Acts. If you can't find examples of what you think a gift of the Spirit is in the book of Acts, then you need to look again. And let's look in the scripture. Look at chapter 14 of the book of Acts. And let's look for what I'm going to call like precious faith or common faith and compare it to and contrast it with what the living Bible calls special faith. Acts 14, verse 6, Paul and his company went to these cities, Lystra, Derby, regions around about, and there, what did they do, verse 7? What'd they do? They preached the gospel. Reckon it was anointed? Reckon the people that heard it could get some faith from hearing it. I believe so. Verse 8. There sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. He'd never taken a step. He's a grown man. Keep going. The same did what? What did he hear Paul say? Paul was preaching the gospel. It was anointed. And this man heard it. Right? Paul steadfastly beholding him perceived that he what? He had faith to be healed. Do you need faith to get healed? Yes, you do. There's people mock it and make fun of it. But it's the Bible's full of it. You can be healed by faith when nothing else will help you. I'm going to say that again. You can be healed by faith in God when nothing else can help you. When everybody else says there's no hope, you have to die. Terminal. It's still possible to be healed and live for years and be healthy. It's possible. I know it doesn't happen all the time with everybody, but you don't know what they believe. But you can choose what you believe. This man, how many believe that especially considering the medical technology of his day, is there any hope of him walking? He's never taken a step. He's a grown man. But is it possible he can walk and have a normal life? It is possible. By what? Faith and the power of God. And Paul is preaching. And while he's still preaching, he sees this man who's never taken a step in the crowd. And he perceives. It's a spiritual perception. He knows. He's aware of. He looked at the man. And he just knows this man's got faith to be healed. Didn't say everybody in the crowd had faith to be healed. But he perceived he did. And verse 10. He said with a loud voice. Stand up. Get up. On your feet. And he did. Yeah but he can't. Yeah but he did. Yeah but he never has. Yeah but he just did. He didn't just get up and creak around. He leaped. Leaped. Never taken a step. How many know this is miraculous now? He leaped and walked. Having never taken a step. Oh somebody say glory to God. Glory. Do you believe this really happened? You believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever? How did this man get healed? Faith. He had faith. We know he had faith. How did he get faith? We know he heard the gospel preached. We know he heard it. The Bible said he heard it. We know faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now go with me to the third chapter of Acts. And see a similar situation. Acts 3. You know the story. Verse 1. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb, that sounds familiar, don't it? Was carried, so they had to tote him in there. He's never, you know, not able to walk. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So he's not there to worship God. 
He's not there to hear the word. He's there to get some money. Right? And the Bible said that he's sitting there. And Peter and John came in. They're going into the temple. And so he asked for alms. He asked if they could had anything to spare to give him. Anything for the poor. Maybe he had a cup or a, something he was holding out. Do you have anything for the poor? And uh, Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John. And said look on us. Look here. Maybe the man was looking down. He's a beggar. Maybe he was just holding in something and said you know. Alms for the poor. He said look at me. Look at me. So the man looked at him. Expecting to get some money. Right? Expecting to receive something. How many know expecting is good? Even if you hadn't quite got your expector zeroed in on their targets yet. How many know expecting something is better than expecting nothing? Right? Expecting is good. Expecting to receive something. He's already feeling better. He thinks he's going to get something. And he's right. He's about to get something. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. And people have built whole doctrines out of that. Could have just been that his wife had the pocketbook that day. You know, it's happened to me before. <laughs> he said, I don't have anything on me. <laughs> but then there's been times also that we had money in the bank and the Lord dealt with us and we cleaned it out. And at that moment on that day, we didn't have anything, but it didn't last long. It came back in and more too. He said, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. (laughs) And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them. He went on in with them into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. How many believe it happened just like that? And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that he was the one that sat for arms in the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. He's holding on to him. He don't want to let them go. And the people ran together to them in the porch that's called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people. He said, you men of Israel, don't try this at home. (laughs) Because you know, me and the other apostles have this power. But when the last one of us dies, that's going to be the end of it. And the Lord's just doing some special things only for a few days here. What did he say? Why marvel at this? Why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Is he saying very plainly, it's not us. It's not because I'm Peter. It's not because I'm an apostle. It's not because I'm one of the twelve. So a lot of people are saying some wrong stuff, aren't they? Because they're saying, no, it was because he was Peter. He said, why are you looking at me? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Verse 16, he said, his name, Jesus' name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him. The faith that comes by hearing? No. The faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Is there any indication that Peter and John preached to this man? No. Anything said about this man's faith? No. Both of them were lame. Both of them are miraculously healed. But it happened by different methods. Does this sound like the scripture we've been reading? Different 
manifestations, but the same Spirit. Different operations, but the same God. Different ministries or administrations, but the same Lord. Right? You can see this, can't you? It looks very similar. It sounds very similar. It is very similar, but it happened through very different avenues. Both of them were faith. But one of them, the man in chapter 14, the man had faith that he got from hearing the word. But here, nothing is said about them preaching. Nothing is said about the man hearing anything. Nothing is said about his faith. In fact, the Spirit of God inspired Peter to say it very specifically. It is the faith which is by Jesus. Let me read some other translations of this to you. Put the Amplified up, please, on that verse. Verse 16. It says, His name, through and by faith in His name, has made this man whom you see and recognize well and strong, the faith which is through and by Him. The faith which is through and by Him. The 20th century translation 20th century said it is the faith inspired by Jesus the Weymouth translation says it like this I like it the Weymouth says the faith which he has bestowed Peter said he had something didn't he now many have misunderstood and they thought that Peter just decided to do this today But that's not true. The Bible said they laid this man daily here. And also it was Peter and John's, their custom to go up there at the hour of prayer. Well, that happened every day. I submit to you that they saw this man who knows how many times that they walked right by him over and over again on their way into the hour of prayer. Scores of times, hundreds of times. Who knows? Why didn't they do this the day before? Why didn't they do this the week before? Why didn't they do this the month before? Because they didn't do it this time. (laughs) The Lord used them. He did it through them. But see, there's been a misunderstanding that if you had enough faith, You'd just go clean out the hospital. And people have done things that didn't work. And they've tried things and fell on their face. Anybody can be healed or delivered of anything by hearing anointed word and having faith of their own. You can be healed for yourself. You can be delivered yourself with your faith that you got from hearing anointed word but particularly when it comes to other people and you believe in for them you're going to have to get them with you or you're going to have to have a manifestation like this a faith that's beyond your common faith a manifestation of the spirit A faith that didn't come by the word, hearing the word, it came by the spirit. Turn on over to the, uh, what is it, the 13th chapter of Acts? No, the 9th chapter first. In the 9th chapter, verse 32, Peter again, he passed throughout all quarters and he came down to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Get up and make your bed. And he got up immediately. Glory to God. And all that dwelt in Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Two whole towns turned to the Lord because of one healing. There is no better evangelistic outreach than healings and miracles. It has always been God's greatest method and will always be. One individual called healing the dinner bell. 
it calls them in. Right? It's evidence of the reality of God and the goodness of God. But notice nothing is said about him preaching to the man. Nothing is said about the man's faith. This sounds similar to what happened at the gate called Beautiful, doesn't it? All at once, he just looks at the man and he says this and the man jumps up. You know, you'll see oftentimes that the Lord will use people in the same way. Repeatedly. But not everybody's going to be used in the same ways. If you keep reading verse 36, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. It came to pass in those days she was sick and died, who when they washed, they laid her in the upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was near to Joppa, the disciples had heard Peter was there. They sent him two men desiring he would come would not delay to come to them. So Peter arose, he went with them, and when he was come, they brought him to the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. And Peter put them all forth. He put them all out. And he kneeled down and he prayed and turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Aeneas, Get up. Lame man at the gate called beautiful. Get up. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Man, she was dead just a few seconds ago. Dead. Dead. Been dead, I guess, for some time. He gave her his hand. He lifted her up. When he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, many believed in the Lord. Many believed. In the Lord. Now I want us to back up a little bit. Did Peter just tell them. Yeah I'll come raise her up. Because I'm an apostle. And I got the power. I got the juice. Uh -uh. Nobody. Has the power. Like that. No matter what they say. People have asked you know. Well brother Keith you believe in healing. Absolutely very very strong. Miracles. You bet. Do, uh, can you heal me? No. I'm not the healer. I'd have to say with the master. How many believe the servant's not above the master? The master said, I can of my own self do nothing. Well, certainly everybody else should say the same thing. Right? What I can do is minister whatever he would give me. Minister whatever he would give me to you. And whatever good thing would happen, well, it wouldn't have been me that did it. He did it. He could have used me or somebody else. But it's not something these things we're talking about, you can't just drum up. You can't just, you know, push hard and try to make it happen. And you can't fast and pray and make it happen. And It's a manifestation of the Spirit. He does it. It's either there or it's not. And so that's why when Peter came in the room, notice the first thing he does. Well, that is the first thing he did is run them out. What's the second thing he did? What's the next thing he did? <laughs> the second thing he did was start rebuking and binding. Yelling and screaming. Talking in tongues at, at the top of his voice. No. <laughs> what did he do? What did he do? What's he praying about? Because he can't do a thing. Unless, I mean, he's not going to preach to the woman and her get faith to be raised up. She's dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> can he just say, well, if I had enough faith, I can just raise the dead. See, some people have had the idea, man, if I could just get enough faith, I could just go to the hospital and just clean them out. No, you're not the Savior. And you're not the healer and you're never going to be. The main way that people get helped is by hearing anointed preaching and teaching. That's not my idea. This is how Jesus did it. Have you read in the book of Luke and other places where it said the multitudes came to hear him and to be healed? What was the first thing they came to do? Hear if you want to be healed, first thing you need to be looking at is I need to hear some stuff. 
I need to hear some things about God's will for me to be healed. I need to hear some things that will feed my faith and stir me up. But God also does special things like this. Like Aeneas, get up. Like the man at the gate called beautiful, jump up, get up. Like this woman. What's the first thing he does? He goes in there, he kneels down, he starts praying. What's he doing? He's reaching out to the Lord, isn't he? Lord, is there something here you would do? Not blazing in there. I'll take care of this. (laughs) You're not doing anything. (laughs) How many believe if Jesus said, Jesus, the master, the head of the church, the perfect one, if he said, I can of my own self do nothing. Certainly every follower of his should say the same. Right? But he said, what I hear my father say, that's what I say. What I see my father do, that's what I do. What can we do? We can do exactly what the master showed us how to do. We can say what he gives us to say. We can do what he shows us to do. Right? And no doubt, you know, Peter and John came walking by that man at the gate called Beautiful. And instead of just walking by him like they had done so many times before, something happened. Something came on them. Something came in them. Peter looked at him and said, I got something. I got something. Didn't he? He said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And I'm telling you, power was there. And the man came up. Same thing happened with Aeneas. He didn't just come in the room and start screaming with this dead woman. Because you can't do anything of yourself. But he knelt down there and prayed. And as he's seeking the Lord. And as he's reaching out. Something came in him. I think it was very familiar to him. It was like the gate called beautiful. It was like Aeneas. Come on are y'all listen to me. He's been used like this before. And so he stands up and he says it. What is faith? This is a manifestation of faith. You know, I heard somebody the other day saying, you know, this talking in tongues stuff is not right because every tongue is supposed to be interpreted. And I heard somebody talking in a tongue and they didn't interpret it. Well, you can be pretty sure that person does not speak in tongues and don't know anything about it. The Bible talks about different kinds of tongues. Uh, I can think of three or four different kinds right off the bat. And the same thing, some tongues are supposed to be interpreted. Others are not. Some are for your own edification. Others are ministry to other people. Others are a sign and a wonder. That's three different categories right there. And so when you say, well, tongues are tongues. No, it's not so. There's different kinds of tongues. It's like offerings we just got through mentioning. People want to get up tight and say, well, you're not supposed to let your left hand know what your right hand. That's only talking about giving to the poor. That's only one kind of giving. And so when you're talking about faith, it's all faith, but there are different measures of it and different operations of it. There's a faith you get from hearing the gospel and you believe in Jesus and you're born again. You can feed that faith and it'll grow. And you can get faith to be healed. You can get faith to get your bills paid. You can get faith for your kid to be healed. You can get faith to be led, faith to be protected. By feeding your faith in all these areas. And it can be stronger. It can be ten times stronger now than it was five years ago. Because of feeding it and exercising it. And it's confidence. Let me read the definition of faith to you just a little bit. For what these, uh, these things mean. Uh, a literal definition of faith is being convinced. Another one is being persuaded. Persuaded. Put up the uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 in Young's literal translation, please. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith is of things hoped for, what? A confidence. And of matters not seen, a what? Conviction. These two words, to me, cover a lot of ground about what faith is. If you're in faith... You are confident and you are convinced. 
Bible talks about wavering, doesn't it? Not sure, iffy, wondering. See, that's the opposite of faith. Faith is being sure. Faith is being persuaded. Abraham was what? Fully persuaded. It's being conv- if you're not convinced and you're not sure and you're not persuaded, there's no way you can be in faith. That's why for you can have faith to be healed, you got to become sure it's God's will for you to be healed. Before you can get faith to get your bills paid, you got to become convinced God wants you to bills paid. Right? You can't have faith for something you're not sure he even wants you to have. You can't. But it's confidence. Listen to this translate this definition rather. It means to trust and to rely by inward certainty. Everybody say inward, inward. Inner, inner certainty. Does it sound like, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. When you hear the gospel and you become convinced, you're not on the fence anymore. You're convinced. Jesus went to the cross. He paid for my sins. He's raised from the dead. You think so? No, I know so. I'm convinced. Hmm? You're trying to figure it out? No, I made up my mind. If you're still trying to figure it out and you're not sure, we're well, not in faith, which means you're not born again. You're not saved. But faith, you've made up your mind. You're convinced. You're persuaded. Can you see the same kind of thing? It's not faith by hearing the word, but it's still faith when Paul looks at Aeneas and said, Aeneas, get up. Get up and take your bed. Is there any wavering in that? Is there any wondering, asking if it might be the will of God or not. Is there an inner certainty? Is there a confidence? This confidence, this knowing, this surety. Look with me at another one in the uh, 16th chapter, I believe it is, of Acts. Acts 16 And 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, that means fortune telling. She had a spirit. And uh, people talk about being um, psychic or there's another word. But... uh, Psychic is a common word. Somebody said, well, they're, they're psychic. It is possible to know things supernaturally from a source other than God. There are spirits that are called familiar spirits. They were familiar and around people when they lived. So they can impersonate them and know stuff about them that nobody else would know. And if somebody presses in to spiritual things, but they don't realize it's an evil spirit. It's not got nothing to do with God. Oh, it's real and it's spiritual, but it's not God. And how many know the scripture forbids us from seeking out mediums? That includes calling psychic hotlines. That is just asking to be confused. It's just throwing the door open to the devil and saying, mess me up. (laughs) Besides that, you don't have to go to something like that. You got the helper on the inside of you. Go to him. He won't lie to you. (laughs) Right? He won't lead you astray. Well, this young woman had this spirit in her. And she's telling fortunes and they're making money off of her doing this. See, this ain't nothing new. It's been around a long time. Now, don't misunderstand me. A lot of people that are doing this, they're just guessing and going. They don't even have a spiritual aspect to it. (laughs) They're just, just a bunch of junk. But then there are a few that really are spiritual, but they need deliverance. They're in a bad way. But people think because it's real, it's something good, something, no. Verse 17, 
This young woman followed Paul and us, Paul's evangelism team, and she cries out and says, she's a young girl, so let me see if I can get a little closer. These men, (laughs) these men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to show us the way of salvation. She didn't know them. She didn't know them. She didn't know why they were there. She's never seen them. She's never met them. How does she know they're servants of the Most High God? How does she know why they're there? To show people the way of salvation. That spirit. Some of these spirits have been around for centuries and centuries. Been around all kind of people, all kind of things. They know stuff. Not stuff you need to know. And verse 18 This she did what? She did what? Not just two days. (laughs) Not three or four days. She did what for many days? Help me out. Squeaky voice. These men. These men are servants of the most high God. These men are servants of the most high God. These men are servants of the most high God. And Paul put a stop to that immediately. No. No, he didn't. He didn't put a stop to it the first day. He didn't put a stop to it the ninth day. Why did he put up with that? (laughs) For many days. She didn't come to him to be delivered. If somebody doesn't want to be delivered, you cannot just set them free with your common faith. Did you hear me? But there are situations where if it interferes with the work of God, God will give you a manifestation of the Spirit. Special faith that does some things no matter what they think. And look what happened. After many days, if I say many days, many days, many days. Do you know what's happening for many days? You want me to say it again? (laughs) It was annoying. (laughs) Very. How many think what was actually happening was much more annoying than what I just did? Because there's a bad spirit behind it. Oh, man. How many think it'd grate on you when you'd hear it? You think, God, would you shut up? And yet she's saying good stuff. She's saying true stuff and good stuff. Keep that in mind. There can be times when you can hear something. Somebody's quoting scriptures and they're supposed to be saying something good. But man, it grates you. Oh, you're thinking, whoa, what is that? Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it's God. And you have the Holy Spirit inside you. You're familiar with him. How many understand right now, right here, right now, you got exactly the same spirit in you I have in me. Right? And if what you're hearing is the Holy Spirit, it's going to be familiar with what's already in you. And when you hear something, you go, whoa, where did that come from? And it just, because what did Jesus say? My sheep know my voice, right? They know my voice. And a stranger's voice, they won't follow. So when it's strange and weird, that's the thing you don't go with. Hmm? You don't jump on the wagon. You do not sign up. I don't care who else jumps on the wagon. But after many days being grieved, he turned and he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he came out that hour. Boy, it made him mad because you couldn't tell fortunes anymore. (laughs) They brought people to make money and she looked at them and went, (laughs) tell their fortune like you've always done. I I can't. I don't know. (laughs) What happened to her? And if you read the rest of the story, man, it, it turned the whole city into uproar. They want to kill Paul over this. 
When you mess with people's money, look out. <laughs> right, man. And he did. But why are we talking about this? See, people have had the wrong idea that if you had enough faith, you just deliver people whether they want it to be or not. You just get people healed whether, you know, if you had enough faith, man, you just go into the mental institution and just clean it out, go to the hospital, go up down the hall and just heal everybody. That's never going to happen. Not with anybody. Did you hear me? Jesus himself didn't do it. Jesus left people sick in cities. Did you hear me? Yes. How many remember in his own hometown? His own. I mean, if you want to do good somewhere, it's your home folks. Where you come from? In his own hometown. Said didn't say he decided not to. Said he could there do no mighty work. A few things happened. Why? They didn't believe him. They said, who's he saying he's anointed? They mocked him, made fun of him. And that's where he quoted and said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own house, in his own country. And then there are other times where he preached the word and people listened for hours and the Bible said everybody that touched him was healed. Everybody. Somebody say everybody. Everybody. And we're talking about thousands of people on occasions. Everybody that touched him was healed. Everybody he touched got healed. But you can see it started out by saying they came to hear him. But then there were other times. How many remember? In fact, just go to the book of Luke. And I'm thinking about closing. The book of Luke. Luke 7. What is it? About verse 11 or so. This is what happened with Jesus. Now you'll see all the manifestations of the Spirit in Jesus' life and ministry except for tongues and interpretation. Tongues and interpretation are distinctive of the age we live in. That started on the day of Pentecost. But it says on this occasion, Jesus and his company went into a city called Nain. Many of his disciples went with him, much people. Verse 12 When he came near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow. Much people of the city was with her. Keep going. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Now there is a compassion connection to these gifts of the Spirit. Maybe we can talk about this at another time. But how can we have more of these in our life, in our church, in our services, at home? Here's a key. The Bible said, follow after love. Follow charity in the King James. Follow after love and desire the gifts of the Spirit. We need to be hungry for them. How many would like to see some more special faith in operation? Gifts of healings, working of miracles. We need to be hungry for it. We need to pray about it. We need to look for it. And compassion is a connector. You'll find again and again. When your heart goes out, I'm not talking about just feeling sorry for somebody, but love goes out of you towards somebody. The love of God that's in you, a lot of times connected with that will come a gift of the Spirit to minister. But it started out with love. That You can see why the scripture would say, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts or manifestations. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, don't cry. Now, they're not having a meeting. They're coming down the street. They made a funeral procession. (laughs) He's not preaching. She's not hearing. And, of course, the man in the box is not hearing. But he sees it. She's crying. Other folks are crying. And compassion welled up in him. The love of God. He is love. And he just went over to her. And he said don't cry. Don't cry. Next verse. What does it say he did? He came and touched the beer. We'd say the the coffin. Or the the thing that the the body was in. He touched it. And when he did. the, The pallbearers stopped. And he says. Young man. I say to you. Get up. What is this? This is what we've been talking about all night. This is a, can you see a confidence 
Can you see a, a sureness, an inward certainty? Get up, verse 15. And he that was dead set up and began to speak. And he said, get out of that box. Get out of that box. Here, mama. Here's your baby. Woo. Do you suppose it still be the will of God to do things like this today? Yes, he never changed. He never changes. It has happened in generations leading up to ours. It's happening in our generation. I want you to listen to Brother Smith Wigglesworth's description of this and his uh, an experience he had. I like the way he says it. To me, it describes how this happens. He said, this is from a, a situation that happened with him. He said he came in from work one afternoon, Smith Wigglesworth. He learned a neighbor lady who had been sick had just died. So he began to pray. He said the lady lay on the bed. And he said, this is his words. He said, I began to penetrate the heavens with my prayers with what faith I had. And later on it says his wife began to shake him and say, stop, Smith. She's already dead. It's too late. But I just kept praying. What did Peter do? Came in, knelt down, started praying. Wonder if we prayed more. And he said... Directly, I came to the end of my faith. What does that mean? What kind of faith is he talking about? The like precious that we all share, the common faith that you get from hearing the word. He's trying to pray for something to be changed. And he said, I came to the end of my faith. And when I did, I was conscious of a faith that took hold of me that could not be denied. Hallelujah. Something else came and got a hold of him. How many believe the Holy Spirit's involved in this? He said, when I was praying in my own faith, it seemed as if the answer was no, no. But when this other faith came over me, I looked right up into heaven and I said, yes, yes. And the next thing I knew, without intending to do it, without even realizing what I was doing, I got hold of that woman and I pulled her right out of the bed and I stood her up against the wall and I commanded her to walk in Jesus' name. And she started breathing and walking. I guess that was one of the first times that had happened in his ministry. There's another incident he described. To me, there seems evidence that he was used repeatedly in this kind of ministry. These are his words. There are two kinds of faith. There is natural faith and supernatural faith, which is a gift of God. What's he, is he talking about the same thing we're talking about tonight? This common faith and then this special faith. He said, it is the faith that the Holy Ghost is giving. It is the faith that he brings to us. As we press in and on with God. He said. Uh, I remember one day. He said going around to see some sick people. I was taken into a house. Where a young woman was lying on the bed. Very helpless. Her reasoning had gone from her. And there were many things manifested. That were satanic. And I knew it. She was a young woman. And had a beautiful child. And her husband was a young man. He said it was heartbreaking. And he said, uh, I asked them who was attending. He said, do you have anybody to help you? And they said, we'll have everything. He said, do you have any spiritual help? That's a question, isn't it? He said, but have you no spiritual help? Her husband stormed out and said, help. You think we believe in God after we've had all these weeks of no sleep and maniac conditions? He said, something had to be done. Then with all my faith, I began to penetrate the heavens. And I was soon out of that house. He's talking about in his spirit. He said, as I saw in the presence of God, the limitations of my faith, there came another faith. A faith that could not be denied. <laughs> How many believe this describes this gift of the spirit? This manifestation. A faith that took the promise, a faith that believed God's word, 
And God gave me a faith that could shake hell and anything else. And I said, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And she rolled over and fell asleep and awoke 14 hours later perfectly sane and perfectly healthy. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. It's faith. But can you see there are different levels of faith? And they're different. There's this manifestation of faith, and then there's a greater manifestation of faith. It's all the same faith of God. But do we believe in the power of God? Do we believe in the moving of the Spirit? Stand up on your feet, everybody. Let's pray to the Lord some about this right now. Oh, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Aren't you glad we're not left alone? Aren't you glad we're not just on our own? We have the mighty Holy Spirit as our helper. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. Let's lift up our voice. Say it out loud, Father God. We're hungry for these things. They are precious in our eyes. You never change. You did it then. You do it now. You want to do it now. Teach us more about this. Lead us into the fullness of your will concerning these things. We ask you for a greater manifestation of all the gifts of the Spirit. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Discerning of spirits. Special faith. Gifts of healings. Workings of miracles. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. And prophecy. You told us to covet earnestly. These gifts. And we do. We desire them. Pray in the spirit everybody. Express your desire to God for these things. Os nungale vlek manegia. Os nungare crisco sulevredamia nebalasate. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.